Hello, you're listening to the Behaving Change Marketing Bootcamp podcast and today's episode is dedicated for all the health comms and marketing pros out there. So let's get started. You're listening to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp podcast for people passionate about making a positive change. We believe understanding your audience is the key to maximum impact and behavioural science takes this to a whole new level. Join your host, Ruth Dale, and expert guests to explore biases, beliefs, why we do what we do, and why we don't do what we said we would do. Hi, my name is Ruth Dale, and I'm your host of this wonderful podcast where we ask the questions about behavioral science and we delve deep into it all so that you can demystify it and apply it in your everyday comms and marketing practices. The idea behind this podcast is that it gives you the answers that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily ask if you were in a room full of professionals, in a room full of stakeholders that think you already know or have all the answers, but also it's a podcast where we can just learn simply and easily on the go. So this is a short, sharp session, and it's following on the back of the CIPR health free training that we ran, where we explored five key ways that we could take the principles and learnings from behavioral science and use them to help ease the NHS pressures. I first entered the NHS as comms lead for Queen Mary Sidcup NHS Trust. Hello, Queen Mary Sidcup NHS Trust. If you're still there, I know you greatly changed since I was there. But yeah, I entered 20 years ago as 27. I'm now 47. So that is how long I've been delivering marketing comms in the public sector. And well, even then, even then, the point of me telling you this is because we were still even then running the Right Choices campaign. So NHS Direct was about or it was emerging. The four-hour A&E targets were emerging and upsetting everybody. And yeah, it was still a massive challenge. And it was our, well, my job to work with bigger, larger London hospitals and the strategic health authorities, as they were called then. Oh my God, am I um, bringing back any memories for any of those listeners out there to work together to help get people to make the right decisions and the right choices when they were seeking health care. If only I had known back then what I know now, I think I would have approached it all so differently. But my point is that these health pressures are not new, but they are exceedingly bad at the moment. The King's Fund is quoted as saying, long waits for emergency care, previously only seen in the depths of winter, are now commonplace. In April, this is 2022, more than 24,000 people waited more than 12 hours to be admitted to hospital from A&E a more than 45-fold increase compared to a year ago. So the pressures are not new, but they are so, so bad at the moment, and we're not even in winter. So as a marketing and comms pro, it's our job to, you know, we all take this very seriously, I know that, and it's our job to do everything we can and to explore whether behavioural science is one of those tools that we can use. So I really, really believe that you can use behavioural science simply and easily and freely. It doesn't always have to be about writing big marketing specs and getting huge budgets and employing a marketing agency. There are techniques that you can do in your strategy and your planning and internal comms and in your copy itself to apply this stuff. So I'm going to give you three top tips now. Top tip one is don't talk to your patients. Yes, I said it. Don't talk to your patients. And yes, I'm sorry, that is a bit of clickbait. And to keep you listening and to check, were you listening? Did she really say that? But what I mean is, honestly, we really must, must talk to people. We've got to put people at the centre of planning and not see people only as patients. 
When we're in a state of emergency, behavioural science tells us that our evolutionary survival defaults and social norms will kick in. And in behavioural science, this is known as System 1. Okay, Daniel Kahneman brought in the concepts that we have the systems thinking, which are dual processes. And System 1 is where our subconscious will drive our default decisions. And in our society anyway, for so long, our default norm, when faced with a medical emergency, and it might not be clinically medical, you know, it might not fit the description once you're back in hospital, but an emergency to that person is to call 999 or go off to your A&E department. So essentially, we have to start with understanding it is our societal norm to seek 999 or A&E when we think we're in an emergency situation. Okay, so that's a really important start place. The next question is, can we as marketing comms, working with our service designers and working strategically, reset that social norm? Can we influence people to reset their automatic choices so that when they need to make a health decision, they choose the best service for their needs and not just automatically A&E? So this is why we don't talk to them just as patients, because we need to reach them outside of the health setting. We need to reach them within their everyday lives. And if you're in public health, you know, I know you're going, yes, we know, we've been saying this, we've been saying this. It's just a way of working. It's just so easy to slip back into just looking at NHS touch points and seeing people as a patient. We definitely need to be pushing upstream. And with the emergence of the newly formed integrated care services, So I think this episode will go out just beforehand, but if they are out now, they're coming in early July. Hello, everyone. I hope that's all going well for you. But with the integrated care services, there is a massive opportunity to start taking this systematic look and strategic look and shift upstream as comms and marketing teams come together across the whole system. So we have the chance to ask the question, can we reset the norm in our place And can we shift beyond talking just to patients, but talk to people within their everyday lives? And I'm really lucky. I'm going to give you an example. I'm biased because I love Help Us Help You. I used to deliver it locally when I was in the local authority in Devon, but also I supported the delivery when I was in the national partnerships team at Public Health England. And we supported NHS England deliver this campaign. So it's been around a while, but it's a really nice example, I think, of kind of an NHS focus on prevention but using upstream techniques so the aim of it is really to reach every part of the nhs system but there is a massive part of it that's focused on consumer marketing and advertising to reach people in their own homes and so we work really closely with really good agencies to integrate help us help you as much as possible in an upstream setting so before the need before the emergency kicks in And interestingly, this campaign, the behavioural science is sort of built upon, is called reciprocity. That is the best I'm ever going to say that word. (laughs) But this is the behavioural bias where we will automatically want to respond and reply to people once they've given us something. So you know what it's like. Any parents out there, your child's invited on a play date. Oh my God, I've got to reciprocate. Yes, I must invite them back. It's a cultural norm it's a good example of it you know our need our very very strong need to be seen to be doing something and help us help you really builds on the culture that the nhs has just given so much for so long we need to give back because we have received so much and i'm really proud to have supported that campaign 
But I would like to ask the question as well, from a public health perspective, or just from an everyday norm behavioural science perspective, is it upstream enough? And by that I mean, I've worked on many public health campaigns designed to relieve pressures in the NHS system that don't carry the NHS logo. <gasps> Shock horror, I know. Sometimes if you really want to change social norms, you really want to upskill, and you're talking about real prevention, you're not talking about the problem, you're actually upskilling and empowering. So your messaging needs to resonate with your audience. It's not banging on about the problem or the policy objective. And a really nice example of this is a little campaign we ran in Devon responding to the antimicrobial crisis. So when I got this brief, as you can imagine, oh yeah, little old me, social marketing, public health. I've been in public health about 10 years by this point, to be honest. So I did know to take a deep breath. I knew I had to kind of work through this brief for myself. But get the brief. Oh, yeah, we need to do something. We need to do comms on antimicrobial resistance. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so with no budget, we will just solve one of the world's biggest public health crises. (laughs) But luckily for me, I had already been doing behavioural science for approximately about eight years by this time. And I knew Combi and East, etc. And we designed a campaign called Listen to Your Gut. But after we had done a lot of insight, and I have to say a lot of free insight, and the answer that came out through the insight was that we really need to push the challenge way, way upstream to a point where we weren't even talking about antibiotics. The insight was showing in our place-based insight that actually our biggest challenge was that mums just simply did not have confidence to manage the everyday viruses and illness that a child picks up in their first year. Hence, a lot of visits to GP, a lot of pressure on GPs to prescribe antibiotics. And then on the other hand, GPs also have this extreme pressure to keep prescribing antibiotics. So they, they simply have nothing to offer instead. So the campaign took a dual-pronged attack and it upskilled mums on viruses and you know how to look after your children. We worked with the children's centres and some did some really fun talking. They listen to your gut talking tummy videos that we got out to the mums. Really simple, very simple. Almost first aid training in a way, just teaching them the basics about a virus, how long it can take. Do you know your kid can get 10 a year? It's a nightmare. We're all in this shared nightmare. As soon as you go back to work, your kid's going to get every virus from nursery. But also mums at home with two or three kids just passing viruses around and around. It feels like you're forever in that virus land and to understand the differences between a virus and ones where you need to seek help. What are the symptoms and signs you should be looking for that your child is exhibiting when you're seeking help? And luckily, Public Health England done some amazing work. I was not working for them, so um, there's no bias there. But there was a professor, Clodagh McNulty, who just done so much research and thankfully published it so we could access her learning and access her tool. And we worked with her on something called a non-prescription pad, so a support aid for GPs, which eventually went national. Congratulations to that team, because it was brilliant. And uh, combined with these talking videos, we actually managed to really reduce antibiotic prescribing in primary care for that target audience. And we went on to win an award for it. But I guess I'm telling you now, because actually the prevention, the message was, you know, if we'd gone on about not going to see your GP, or if we'd just gone on about NHS pressures, that that isn't actually helpful to a mum who hasn't slept for a week. You know, you don't contact first day. You've got sleep-deprived, worried, anxious mums. And dads, sorry, and carers, sorry. I'm being a bit personally biased there. So, yeah, making sure that 
with the rise of the integrated care system, we've got this real chance to get a lot of upstream work up there. But, and as Carrie-Anne said in one of our previous podcasts, you must make sure when you're planning upstream work that you are strategically aligning it to the strategic business goals. So yes, your consumer messaging has no message of not going to see your GP, but your measurement must be measuring that and you've got to make sure you're internally presenting this as a solution for managing your internal pressures. That's really important. That Don't assume that your stakeholders will connect the dots there. Do never assume that. Okay, tip two, remove all uncertainty. Uncertainty is a decision killer. If you want to learn how to kill off uncertainty, then just go to Netflix, okay? Just have a look at their amazing copy. Insight-based with a wonderful team of how many behavioral designers, I can't imagine the investment, but they are kind of understood to be the kings of behavioral design. And so in order to reduce uncertainty around the fact that if I sign up to Netflix, I will never escape being spammed and some dodgy subscription that takes all my money, their copy says watch anywhere, cancel at any time. Okay, so they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six words, and then that sentence. How clear? How very, very clear is that website? Removing all uncertainty, just diving in and reducing what their insight has told them is their biggest barrier. And we can do this too. But to get to that clarity of insight, as comms and marketing pros, you know how hard that is because you're going to have committees. Maybe we shouldn't say that uncertainty kills off <laughs> a decision and action. Maybe we should say committee-style comms sign-off kills all uncertainty. But in 2002 and 2011, I respectively, I ran two behaviour change deep dives exploring why people go to ED. They had different angles both times, different reasons. But one thing that's always stayed front of mind for me is this thing about uncertainty around diagnosing your loved one or yourself. So just picking up on that previous example, okay, we must, must understand that when people are seeking healthcare, they are probably seeking it in pain, worried and anxious. So they need to be equipped with the knowledge to be able to differentiate and build confidence. Okay, so if you want to reduce their uncertainty, they've got to understand so much about what the different service options offer them. So that's our job. Now, that is a different message from simply telling people what to do. People don't like being told what to do, but they do like feeling in control and they do like feeling sure. Uncertainty is all based around loss aversion and they will resort back to the status quo bias because they'll be much happier to stick with what they already know than make a mistake. Okay, so it's really important that we understand why our people are uncertain about the choices. If you want to push people to NHS 111, if people are resisting, you've got to understand why. And there's no point understanding why then carrying on with the same old messaging. Your messaging must use that insight and address it. And so a nice little tip, tip three, which we will finish on to do that. Use social proof to do this. You're probably already doing this. Okay, so, you know, as marketers, you've been using behavioral science, perhaps unknowingly for a long time. But social proof is key because it's building on the social norms bias. So when we're uncertain, we look around for social proof of what to do. We're looking for reassurance. And I expect you've experienced that yourself a lot during COVID 
or a new environment. So our need to fit in is huge. It's great. So make sure your social proof is about your solution, not your problem. Okay, that's probably the biggest, most important thing you can take away. Make sure your testimonials, your case studies, your examples are not about how terrible the weight was in A&E. That ain't going to cut it. We know that. If it did, we would not be having this conversation 20 years later. You know, you've got to shift your conversation onto the solution. You're thinking you're moving people through. Where are you taking them to? You want them to join you in this behavior. So it's got to bring them in. So focus in, make sure the social proof is of the behavior you're seeking and not the problem. Okay, I really hope this is helpful. It was a great, fantastic training day. If you are interested in the free interactive cheat sheet, it is still available online. You get it free when you sign up to our weekly email. Now, this is what we call three minutes of behavioral science a week. So you can get learning behavioral science for free in three minutes a week. And it's just a really quick newsletter. We call it Brain Fuel. We want it to be fuel for your brain. It's not long. It's not complicated. It's normally based around something around the podcast, but it's just three minutes a week. So you can slowly digest all these lovely ticks and tricks. So when you sign up for that, you'll automatically get the free combi sheet and the free NHS guide. And if you're already a member and you haven't got it, just email me or reply to one of them and I'll send it across to you. Okay, I really, really hope this is useful for you guys. Hopefully you can see there's loads in here for internal communications and, you know, website copy, just internal content, as well as the bigger planning for the campaigns. You need to know this stuff before you get your agency in. You need to brief your agency on your audience, your agency does not brief you on your audience that's really important so please yes use it let me know what you think feedback and if you are interested in coming to the full day's training the next two that will finish we run these once a quarter and the next two are on wednesday the 6th of july and friday the 8th of july now wednesday the 6th of july is dedicated to nhs pressures so we would love to see you there or friday the 8th is more general okay Take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, show us some love and leave a review on iTunes. We'll leave you with Ruth's favorite quote from Alice in Wonderland. I knew who I was this morning, but I've changed a few times since then. Got a favorite quote about the magic of change? Tell us over at the Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp Group on LinkedIn. Join us for a Mad Hatter's Tea Party, virtually. 